This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Well, praise God. You know, we've been studying the book of James. And I'm telling you, it's good to study your Bible like I say every week. And, um, you know, if you don't want to be a deceived Christian, um, and that's the way the devil works, through deception. And deception is brought about by us not knowing the Word of God. Not accurately. um, The Bible says that we need to study the Bible to show ourselves approve a workman that needs not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And so we need to be studying our Bible because we can get deceived by our feelings or how we feel about things, but the Bible will always set you straight. And so, um, you know, I don't go by feelings. I, I go by the Bible. Um, whatever I do, I always try to go with what the Word of God says. And whatever decisions I make, it all has to be based on the Bible. Amen. Amen? And so, and that's how you keep your life straight. Amen? Too many of us, uh, we, uh, too many Christians, I believe, run on feelings. And we don't want to be running on feelings. We want to be running on the Word of God and the Spirit of the Lord. Amen? Yes. Those that are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Amen. And the Spirit and the Word agree. Yes. Amen? So, God is so good. So, uh, this is uh, the book of James, part 6. And just a little recap. I just want to hit on it. When James is the half-brother of Jesus. And James... Um, Lived with a perfect brother, amen. And uh, but he became a pastor of Jerusalem, and uh, he at the very beginning he talks about to the dispersed church, and at that time there was persecution going on uh, when the church started out, and they started being persecuted, and then people started leaving Jerusalem, and uh, and so it was a scattered church, and even now with the pandemic and there are people, you know, you're in, in your homes and some not comfortable about coming back out to church. We're sort of a scattered church and, but God wants us unified. He doesn't want us, you know, uh, he wants us coming together and he wants us unified. Amen. Amen. And so what is the enemy trying to do in the last days? Of course, he's trying to divide us. And so we need to stay unified. Look at your neighbor and say, stay unified. Amen. Amen. And so I'm glad that you folks are here this morning. Amen. We're staying unified. Amen. And uh, but uh, so so James talks about this, but he talks about um, right at the very beginning. He talks about that count it all joy when you encounter trials. So we want to be rejoicing. Amen. Uh, regardless of what's coming in our life, what we're dealing with, we need to learn to rejoice. And then, of course, we need to learn to rejoice, not for the evil that's in this world, but rejoice because God uh, is on the throne. Amen. And, you know, he hasn't fallen off the throne. And God is under control, has things under control. Amen. And so thank God. And God's will and his plans will succeed. Amen. Amen. And his will is for righteousness. Amen. To reign in this earth. Do you believe that today? Say righteousness is reigning in this earth. Amen. So we have to believe that. So we need to keep rejoicing. So that's just, a, I'm just throwing that out. But now let's get into James uh, chapter 2. We're going to look at 14 through 26. And this is really powerful because 
Uh, we're getting into faith without works is dead. And, you know, uh, we got to be very careful even in the teachers that we listen to. You know, you may have your favorite teachers on TV that preach the Word of God. And, um, and, but you got to make sure that you're getting a balance of truth and that if, if truth is, uh, has to be balanced. So if you're, if you're hearing a messages on too much grace, amen, and, 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 you're, and you have too much grace and you don't have the other side of it, you know, there's, there's the love of God and there's the severity of God. Right there's the blessings of God and then there's the judgment of God, Amen. and so we got to be able to marry the two, right? So there is the judgment of God, right? Judgment begins in the house of the Lord, and then there's the blessings of God, right? So we got to make sure that we understand both. In other words, to really love God is to fear God. Amen. In, lo- in other words, we need to have a reverential fear of God. Yes. Amen. In a- that we want to please Him. That our life. Um, should be a life that pleases God. Every day we should have a desire to please God. Amen. And so, so hopefully, as we study the book of James, James is giving us clues on really how to align our life with biblical truth. And so if we, if we get these clues, so, so sometimes we'll hear messages, and sometimes you need to hear the message about the grace of God, and that if you sin and you fall, God's good, you know, you, he, he will, you know, you repent, and He will forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness, and there's do-overs in God, there's U-turns in God. Thank God for that, because I wouldn't be up here today if there wasn't U-turns, amen, or if, if there wasn't uh, do-overs or comebacks. So God's a comeback God, amen. God's a do-over God, amen. and God's a U-turn God. Can I get an amen in the house today? Amen. And thank God for that. When we're going the wrong way, we can make a U-turn. Hallelujah. And I love that about God. So, and I love that kind of message. But on the other side, if we say, well, God is so, so much grace, it really doesn't matter how we live our life and, 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 and how, how, the decisions that we make. It, it does matter. Everything matters. Everything matters. You know, so, oh, it really doesn't matter if you lie a little bit, cheat a little bit, steal a little bit. God's grace is still there. No, you got it. You no, no, no. You got to have a, a reverential fear of God. Amen. Because the Bible says, "Whatsoever man sows, so shall he reap." So it's a it's a sowing and reaping process. So we want to sow good to reap good. Amen. And so God is the same. A lot of people say, well, he's different in the New Testament and the Old Testament. No, he killed some people in the New Testament, too. Amen. Ananias and Sapphira. Yes. Well, he's, a, he's, a, he's the same God. Yes. yes, he killed them in the Old Testament. They were he wiping them out left and right. My, bio, my, my wife, when she first got saved, she started, don't, when you first get saved, don't start off in the Old Testament because you because she was saying, man, God's a killer. You know, he kills everybody. He gets mad and he kills everybody. And uh, no, no, no. God hates sin, and he keeps and and in the Bible he keeps pleading with people to come back and turn from their sins, and they and they stiff arm God, and they keep stiff arming God, and they keep stiff arming God, and then there's nothing God can do because he's a righteous God. Yes. Right? And we, you keep stiff-arming God. Eventually, God says, okay, I'm going to have to leave you to your devices. Right? But he doesn't want to. He, he loves you. Jesus 
uh, cried when, when he said, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, that kills her prophets. Oh, I would, if I could just take you into my arms, like, like a, and, 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 and embrace you, uh, you know, into my arms. You know, Jesus said, oh, Jerusalem, he had such a heart, but you kill your prophets. So, are you hear what I'm saying? We don't want to kill the prophets. Amen. I know we got prophets, there's been prophets, exciting things about the election. Don't kill the prophets. Amen. Pray for them. Amen. Amen. They're just people. Amen. And so we just need to pray, glory to God. Anybody can miss it. Anybody can get it wrong. Amen? But I believe people are getting it right. Amen? Amen. So faith without works is dead. So we got to understand this, that it's, it's some, some will preach, and it's kind of a um, Calvinistic viewpoint. And that Calvinistic viewpoint is that, um, that it basically it's more on God than on man. That's a kind of a Calvinistic review. In other words, God, if it's going to be, God's going to make it happen, right? And there's nothing man has to do. If God wants somebody saved, they're going to get saved no matter what. And, um, and, if, and if somebody's not going to get saved, well, God's behind that too. No, no, there's a God side and a man side. We've got to work together. Right? And so we got to work. Remember the Bible says that God looked for somebody to stand in the gap. It's an Old Testament scripture. But he could not find somebody. Why? Because God needs to work with a man of obedience. He needs to work with us to get his truth. Like I said, you know, for, for evil to persist, all it takes is for good men to do nothing. Amen. That's for evil. In other words, we take a blind eye to evil. We don't think about it. We don't talk about it. No, no, no. We need to be praying. We need to be standing up for righteousness. Amen. Say, I'm standing for righteousness. And so here in James 2.14, so we got to understand this. So there is a balance between believing faith, faith to be saved, and works. And, and we get this kind of mixed up. And, and, and the Bible says in, in Ephesians 2.8, we're saved by grace and not by works. And then what people do is they take it to the extreme. We're saved by grace and not by works. So works has nothing to do with our, our faith. It has everything to do with our faith. Our, our words and our works has everything to do with our faith. You cannot separate your faith from your lifestyle. Oh, I'm preaching today, Pastor. Pastor, you're preaching. You can't. Your faith and your lifestyle go hand in hand. How you live your life. And so here, uh, he says, what does it profit, brethren? This is James. What does it profit, brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? With a question mark. So, so James is saying, hey, what does it profit if you say you got faith, Right? But you have no corresponding action with it. Can I break it down? You say you're a born-again Christian, um, but you're not in church. Now, I'm not talking about the pandemic, and I know that, you know, that's keeping some people that might have issues and problems getting out in the public. But I'm saying that if you're a Christian, you should be going to church. Amen. Amen. Yes. Pastor, you're, you're, you're being legalistic. No, I'm being biblical. Amen. It says, do not forsake the assembly of yourself with other believers as a day draws near. What day is that? Jesus' return and the Antichrist coming in and one world government and the mark of the beast and all that bad stuff. 
Amen? So we need to be coming together and standing together. Amen? Because the day is approaching. Amen? And so we got to get, we got to get vigilant. We have to get sober because the days are evil. And so we got to keep standing with one another. Amen? Amen. So, so what does the prophet brother, if someone says he has faith but does not have works, works, another word for works is corresponding action. Another word for works is deeds. An, hello, it's what we do. It's how we conduct ourselves, right? So here, uh, uh, point number one, living faith in action is demonstrated in helping a brother or sister in need. So I'm, uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm turning this, instead of saying this is uh, faith without works is dead, the title, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to title it living faith this morning. Because we got to check ourselves, are we in living faith or are we in dead works? Are we walking in living faith or are we walking in dead works? And so, and so he says here, uh, so living faith in action is demonstrated in help, helping a brother or sister in need. It says here, if a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say to them, depart in peace, be warm and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Okay, thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead, he says. Um, but uh, so, so he's saying here that if somebody that is a believer, now you see, you got, see, he says a brother or sister, we got to know who they are. Now, I'm not against helping out lost people, amen, but uh, because you want to get the gospel to the people, right? That's, I'm very careful giving out money to people that, that I don't know their character, I don't know they're saved, I don't know what they're going to spend their money on, booze, alcohol, whatever, that could, that could cause them problems, and I could be um, aiding in their problems. So, you know, if somebody's hungry, I'm going to feed them. Right, I'll take them out to eat. I'll give them a, a gift card to to you know Wendy's, my favorite restaurant, whatever. But uh, uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna give them something physical instead of just a dollar or two dollars and say I've done my deed. No, you may not have done your deed. Right. Your deed is to preach the gospel. Amen. Amen, and not to soothe your conscience because you don't go to church and tithe. Oh, I'm preaching today. I'm preaching. I'm preaching. Yeah, because sometimes we just soothe our conscience. Oh, I'm giving some. Uh, we had some. Uh, we had people that came to our church, and um, and she said, "Well, you know, I give to this organization. I give to that." And I said, "How come we're not seeing your tithing offerings here? You know, Amen. where's your faith at? Amen. Where's your faith?" Is it, are you supporting the local church? Are you supporting the work of the church? Amen? Are you, are you expanding the kingdom? Where's your faith? But someone will say, see, I'm a bold preacher. I was, I was praying the other day, Lord, give me more boldness. And he said, well, you're going to run everybody out if I give you more boldness. Well, continue. But what am I saying? I... Listen, we got to be bold. I, you got to stand for truth. And sometimes I, I may come off a little, I don't know, you may even think arrogant or brash. But, you know, um, Jesus probably came out that, off that way at times too. And Jesus, when he was telling the Pharisees that there were whitewashed tombs full of dead man's bones, and you think you're going to escape hell, 
what he was trying to do was, he, he was coming off brash and strong, but he was trying to wake them up. And sometimes just a soft teaching doesn't move us into the direction that God wants us to move. Sometimes we need a kick in the backside. I need it. So when I'm preaching to you, I'm preaching back to me. Amen. Amen. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you know... O foolish man, that faith without works is dead. So he's ministering to Christians. He's saying that, you know, he's calling a Christian that if you're not, uh, uh, if your faith doesn't have the corresponding action with it, then it's dead faith and you're foolish in your walk walk with Christ. Amen. So it says here, number two, live in faith in action. So number one, live in faith in action demonstrates in helping a brother or sister in need. So when somebody's in need and you have the means, amen, you should want to help them. Amen. Okay, we, we should want to help each other. Right? How will they know that we're Christians? By our love for each other. So that's how they know. When we love each other so much, we're sacrificed for one another. That's how they know that we're Christians. Who? The world. Number two, because the world can be more loving with each other than the, than the church with each I am preaching today. The world can be more loving with each other. They can be more loving and, and help each other out more than sometimes the church helping each other. Okay, we'll continue. I won't... I'm just saying sometimes that can be the case. Amen? Uh, that's why, you know, um, we got to be loving and... Yes, and we need to be loving even outside our, our church walls. We need to love people out there. Amen? Amen. Uh, living faith in action motivates us to obey God. So, so, so if we're going to walk and live in faith, it will motivate us. When God tells us to do something, we don't stiff arm God and say, I'm not going to do that. If God says, listen, you need to apologize, or you need to, you know, to that person, you said that wrong, or, oh, I don't need to apologize. No, no, when God reveals something, you, you obey God. If, if, if God's word says for us to make a U-turn in an area of our life, we need to make a U-turn. If God shows that in the scripture where we've been going on a wrong path, we need to get on a right path. Right? Remember the Bible says, choose this day who you serve. Right? Uh, life or death, blessing or cursing, you choose. So God gives us uh, freedom to choose either life or death, blessing or cursing. And I want blessing. Amen. I want life. Yes. How, how many people want life in here? Amen. Amen. I want life. Amen. I want the abundant life. How many people want the abundant life? Yes. I want abundant life. Amen? Amen. So that comes by us aligning ourselves with the Word of God. So living faith in action motivates us to obey God. And so he goes on and says, Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works? And by works, faith was made perfect. And the scripture was fulfilled which says, Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness and he was called the friend of God. That's awesome. 
How many people want to be a friend of God? Amen. Amen. I do. And so here, you know, you have Abraham. And think about this situation with Abraham. You know, he had the promised child, Isaac. Isaac means laughter. So he had the blessing come in his life. And, and after 25 years of struggle and of believing, and, and God finally brought him to a point where he got his breakthrough. I'm going to say this today. Your breakthrough is clo- closer than you think. And you might be standing, and you've been standing for a while, but I'm telling you, you're about ready to walk into the breakthrough. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? You're about ready to step in to something greater than you've ever experienced in your entire life. Somebody say, I received that this morning. You're about ready to step in something greater. God's about ready to do something greater. God is greater than the devil. God's light is greater than darkness. Righteousness is greater than lawlessness. Can I get an amen in the house today? Amen. I'm telling you, and God always overcomes the devil. Light always overcomes evil. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? So the righteousness always win. Amen. So, so living faith in action uh, was with Abraham. So Abraham had, you know, a decision to make to sacrifice Isaac, his promised child. And, you know, that wasn't an easy thing for Abraham to do, but he trusted God. In other words, sometimes God will ask you to sacrifice. Sometimes God will say, are you willing to sacrifice? Are you willing to to?" You know, I was talking to Delta today, and uh, just right before, see, people don't know, they might get included in the, you can talk to me before the service, you might get on the platform, and uh, so Delta, I don't mind, He's, he has thick skin, he's tough, and, uh, but Delta said, Pastor, God's been working with me, and there are some things in my house that, that just wasn't right, and I had to remove them out of my house. See, what he did was, he started hearing from the Lord, and he wants the blessing in his life, he wants the overflow in his his life. And if there's anything holding back the blessing or the overflow, I want to get it out of my life. Amen. Amen. Right. Because God's blessings are so much greater than the devil's curse. Amen. Can I say it again? God's blessings are so can I say it a little longer? So much greater than the curses of the devil. Amen. The devil's been trying to curse some of us, keep us back, keep us from moving forward, trying to stop us in our tracks. That's what the devil's always trying to do, is keep the church from moving forward, thus the pandemic. Thus the social distancing and all this that, you know, thus them telling you, stay away from crowds, stay away from crowds. What they're saying is stay away from going to church. Amen. And sometimes we'd be better off if we don't watch the news. I, I'm getting more angry and angry every time I watch the news. I, I, I need to just lay off the news. Amen. Because I'm about ready to get in the flesh. Jesus. Glory to God. <laughs> anyway, know what I'm talking about here? Because I almost got in the flesh. You know, I was praying yesterday, right? And I was praying, and the Lord spoke to me. He said, Walk by faith and not by sight. And this was before I saw the news. And I saw the news, and this was before I saw the news, because that news is rattling a lot of people, right? You know, yesterday. But it's a projection. It's a projection. It's not, it's not signed yet. It's a projection. Things are not set, settled yet. So ju- it's a projection. Amen. A projection. 
Because that's the way the enemy works. He wants to project that he's winning, but he's losing. Amen. And when the dust settles, we'll see who's the victor. And it's always God. Are you listening to what I'm saying? God is the victor. When the dust settles, when the dust settles, Egypt was destroyed. And the Israelites made it through on dry ground. And they made it into their promised land. So I'm going to say this. God will always have the final say-so. Amen. That's free today. I'm not trying to get political, but I do approve this message. Amen. (laughs) I approve this message. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Glory to God. See, we can't vote for uh, uh, feelings. We have to vote for biblical reasons. It doesn't matter how I feel about a person. It's, are they standing in, in a more biblical stance? And if they stand in a more biblical stance, I have to go with the biblical stance and not how I feel about things. Amen. Amen. If the Bible said, I was saying, saying this to my wife or somebody today, Arlene, I said, if the Bible said gay marriage is good, I'm all for gay, gay marriage. If the Bible said it was good, but the Bible doesn't say gay marriage is good. Amen. The Bible is against gay marriage. Amen. So I'm not being prejudiced against gay people. I just got to stand with what God's word says. If the Bible says it's wrong, perverted, uh, and and it's not, you know, what God ordains, I got to go with God. Not with my opinion. Oh, what's wrong with two loving people in in a monogamous relationship? What's wrong with that? Plenty. If they're of the same sex. That's right. Amen. Plenty, according to what what God said. Do you know why God destroyed Sodom? Boy, I'm going off my message today. (laughs) Do you know why God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah? Uh, You know, uh, the the reason why God, one of the reasons, but there there was three reasons. They were lazy, they were gluttonous, and they were Sodomites. And God destroyed them for those three areas. Make sure that we're not walking in any of those areas. Amen. Amen. He, bring, he, he destroyed him. He, could, he would have, you know, a- Abraham was praying. And if there was just ten righteous people in that entire city, God would have, out of thousands that were unrighteous, God would have, God would have relented and not rained hellfire on them. Amen. Amen. But, he, but he, he, there wasn't even ten. But I'm going to say this. There's more in the U.S. There's more people that are righteous, standing for righteousness, praying, believing God, glory to God. And I believe God's going to vindicate the prayer warriors. Glory to God. And it's not over yet. So so walk by faith and not by sight. And when I said, when I was in prayer, and and because the enemy wants to, that's all he does, he tries to rattle us. And I'm not going to get rattled by the enemy or by bad news or by the bad report. I'm not going to let the enemy rattle me. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So, so, so I, I, I got that word, you know, walk by faith and not by sight. I said, oh yeah, that, it's got to be you, Lord. So I, I, I went into the kitchen. I said, Yen, I was about ready to tell her what the Lord told me. And she said, you know what we need to do? I said, what's that, Yen? She says, we need to walk by faith and not by sight. <laughs> I was just about ready to tell that to her. And she, she, she I, I was like, hey, Yen, I want, and she said, you know what we need? She butted me right in. I just like stood there. I said, man, I'm, I'm married to a righteous woman. Glory. She fights my battles. Glory. 
<laughs> Somebody say, walk by faith, and not by sight. Amen. So living faith in action is demonstrated, number one, by us helping our brothers and sisters in need. Number two, it's motivated by us obeying God, and, and at times it may be a sacrifice, but whatever we sacrifice, whatever we put on the altar of sacrifice, we'll see a greater blessing in return. And we see that God uh, asked uh, Abraham to sacrifice his son Isaac, but uh, God wanted to see if he was willing. See, God already had the ram in the thicket. You know, he already had it set up. But he wanted to know, it was the blessing more important to Abraham uh, than God and his relationship with him? In other words, when we get blessed, is our money more important to us than God? Is our nice home now more important to us than God? Or is God still uh, number one in our lives? So we're going to always be challenged in these areas because there's going to be a times when, when our flesh will be drawn to worship idols. And the Bible says, guard yourself from idols. Guard yourself from putting anything above God. Yeah. Amen. Number three, living faith in action demonstrates... Uh, is demonstrated by us protecting godly people and risking our lives to save them. So Jesus says it this way, no greater love than one lay down his life for his friends. So really, God is looking for us to have a sacrificial love. Oh, Pastor, are you really being honest today? Yes, God wants us to have a sacrificial love. That means that sometimes it's going to cost us to love somebody that's unlovely. Sometimes it's going to cost us to stand up for truth and, and, and people say, I don't like uh, what you're standing for, and they may ditch you. You know, Sometimes it's going to cost us to stand for righteousness. Sometimes it's going to cost us, but you know what? I'm not looking for the honor of man. I'm looking for the honor of God. And if I'm trying to look for the honor of man, I wouldn't be up here this morning. Glory to God. Amen. I'm not defined by my crowds. I'm defined by God's love for me and His approval of me. Glory to God. Amen. And so we continue here. Living faith in action is demonstrated by us protecting godly people and risking our lives to save them. Then he goes in this example. You see then, uh, for a man is justified by works and not by faith only. So, so, so he's, he's marrying the two. We're not just saved by our confession. I know it's quiet in here. There's more than just a confession of the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And, and you can go to the altar and say, I, I confess Jesus. And you can be confessing Him uh, mentally, but not of the heart. And you go back out and live a, a worldly life. I don't know if Jesus is in your life. That's right. Amen. Amen. If you're not serving God, who are you serving? Yourself? Are you serving others? No, we got to be serving God. And so just a confession of the Lordship of Jesus without marrying uh, our corresponding action with it, then your, your salvation is on shaky ground. Yes. 
That's all I'm saying. Your salvation can be on very shaky ground. So he says here, you see that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. See, uh, can I read that again? You see then, a man is justified by works and not by faith only. Uh, can I say that again? You see then, a man is justified by works and not by faith only. That's what James is saying. Likewise was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the message and sent them out another way. For as the body uh, without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. So we see this that, that, that uh, Rahab, um, the, the backstory of this is that the Israelites, Joshua was now in command, and Joshua now is sending out some spies uh, into Jericho, and they're, and they're spying out the land because they're about ready to take the greatest uh, 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 city that they've ever taken. It's the greatest, the most fortified Jericho, probably one of the most difficult uh, military expeditions that they ever went on. And this is their first expedition. It wasn't a little city like Ahai, which they should have won. It, it's an impregnable city with walls that are high. And it doesn't matter how impregnable the enemy may, may make things look, walls are coming down. Yeah. Walls of resistance is coming down. It doesn't matter how, how locked tight things may look. Walls of resistance are coming down. And so we see here. So you're going to read a little bit in between the lines when I'm preaching. So when, those that have ears to hear, hear what the Spirit is saying. So what am I saying here? See, see. Uh, so, so uh, Joshua sent two spies in to uh, Jericho, right? And so Rahab, they were being tracked by the Gestapo. <laughs> they were being tracked by the people in the city, right? And, and they, they made, made it over to um, Rahab's house. I don't know how they got there, but she was, the, she, she was, uh, was called a harlot. So, so her trade was prostitution. And so she, they, she made, they made it in her house, and she, she had a reverential fear of God. She knew that uh, she, they heard all the stories about how God wiped out Egypt. She, she heard all the stories, and she said, oh my gosh, God must be the real God. She had a reverential fear. Oh, I believe God is the real God. And, and the Israelites are serving the real God. And, and if I'm not going to get... Uh, and if God is going to take the city, he's going to take it. And I don't want to be wiped out. So I'm going to, I'm going to stand with the people of God. I'm going to stand with these spies, you know, regardless of it could cost me my life to protect them. It could cost me my reputation to protect them. It could cost you some things to stand up for righteousness when you got a lot of people standing up for lawlessness because they're standing up for their feelings instead of, instead of standing up for biblical truth. And what, and what the media portrays what truth is. And, and the media tells, you know, the, the Bible says in the end days, people will be calling good evil and evil good. Make sure we're not calling evil good. Hello. 
Because we, if we side with the lawless, we'll be judged with the lawless. Amen. Man, I preached it today, man. I'm really preaching today. Amen. God's raising up pastors that are going to stand bold in the pulpits and going to preach the truth regardless of the outcome. Glory to God. And hopefully we'll still have freedoms to be here to preach without me going to jail. Amen. But I'm going to preach it anyway. Amen. So, so we see Rahab, uh, uh, she risked her life. They, these two guys came into her house and she sent them out. But she said, make a covenant with me. Uh, make sure my family's saved. And because she wasn't doing it to save her own skin. See, this is what God honors. God honors when we're, we're looking, to, looking out for other people. Amen. And she was looking out for her family. She said, will my family be saved? Will my family... Listen, you're coming out to church. Maybe you're the only one representing in your family. But you may be the one that's keeping them in the ark of safety. Amen. Maybe you are the one in your faith that, that, that's keeping them in a place where God's grace is still on their lives. Sometimes we got to stand for the lawless people that may be our relatives. And I'm standing for a lot of relatives. And you know what? I'm believing that they're going to get into the boat and the ark of safety. Can I get an amen here? And sometimes we're going to have to risk. And she was risking, will you, my family, be safe? And they said, listen, you put the scarlet cord outside your window. You put the scarlet cord and when we see that scarlet cord outside your window, you will be and everybody, get everybody in this house you want saved, will be saved in this house. I'm going to say this, church is the same thing. Everybody needs to get to church and everybody gets to church glory to God. That's worships up God. That, that stay, I understand you know, you got issues, but get to church. Get in a divine protection because God is building his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Glory to God. It doesn't matter how strong those gates of hell are. It doesn't matter if the devil's having a heyday. Listen, the devils were laughing when Jesus was crucified on the cross and there was darkness for three days. I'm telling you, we may be in some dark days right now, but I'm telling you, resurrection day is coming. Resurrection day is coming. And we're going to see the righteous, glory to God, rise up in the end days and they're going to be called sons of God. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And you are being raised up in these last... You're not here. You can look around. Well, can God do anything here? God can do amazing things here. And God can do more with one person than He can do with a crowd of people. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? God's raising us up to do great and amazing things. you believe that today? I'm telling you, we're equipped. Amen. We're equipped people. Amen. We lack nothing in Jesus' name. So we see here that, that she was justified. We're justified not by faith alone. We're justified by our works. Are we praying people? Are, are we giving people? Are we people that, that, that obey God's word even though it may be politically incorrect? Amen. Am I talking to anybody today? Ooh, man, I wasn't going to go here this morning, but I'm fired up. Glory to God. Faithful people use their talents for God's glory. I'm going to say it again. Faithful people use what they have for God's glory. Because, see, we got to look at this. Let's break it down. Because some people say, and you got, got some of these grace teachers who say, well, James was never, that book of James was never supposed to be in the Bible. You know, he's just too hardcore. 
you know. And uh, I don't know about that book of James. That was a book that they shouldn't have put in, right? So some people will say that. And some people will never preach out of it. <laughs> but I'm going to preach out of it, right? And so faithful people that use their talents for God's glory. Now let's look at this. This is very important. And, and we need to look at this. And I'm going to close down in a few minutes. In Matthew 25, 14 and 30. Jesus is, uh, is talking about the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who calls his own servants and delivers his goods to them. So he's given a parable. And to one he gives five talents, to another two, and to another one. Each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey that he who had received the five talents. This is Matthew 25, 14, 30. Five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. Likewise, he who received two gained two more. But he who had received one went and dug it in the ground and hid the Lord's money. Now... After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered me five talents. Look, I've gained five more talents besides them. And the Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also had received, uh, he also, he who also had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. And the Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. And then now we're going down to, you know, that's where I said there's grace. We've got the grace, we've got the love of God, and then we've got the severity of God. We've got the, the grace of God, we've got the judgment side of God. It all has to work together, right? And this is Jesus here. And he's saying here, Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown, and gathering where you have not scattered seed. Now I want to stop here. And let's just evaluate this for a second. This man says, I know you. God being a hard man. Really, that's what he's saying. In other words, what is your perception of God? How do you perceive God? And are you perceiving God as a hard man? Uh, as somebody reaping where he doesn't sow and gathering where he's not scattering seed? In other words, he, he was uh, seeing God as being kind of crooked. Right? He was seeing God as, you know, this is not true about God. This is not a true statement about God's character. So he's saying here, oh, I know you to be a hard man. No, my yoke is easy and my burden is a light. The way of a transgressor's heart, right? You delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart, right? Seek first the kingdom of God and his rights, all these things will be added to you, right? And so, so he's saying here, you're a hard man. And, and this is the problem. It's when we are walking in our own vanity of our own mind, not walking in the Word of God, we become corrupt in our actions. Mm, I'm preaching today. Now look, in Titus 1, 15 and 16, it says here, To the pure all things are pure, but to those who are defiled and unbelieving nothing is pure, but even their minds and their conscience are defiled. They profess to know God, but in works they deny him, being abominable, disobedient, disqualified for every good work. This is New Testament. Pastor, you're, you're really, you're, you're preaching hard today. Listen, I'm just preaching the truth today. I'm just saying, look, if we have crookedness in us, uh, we're going to see everything else as being crooked. In other words, we've got to make sure when we read the Bible, see... The reason, 
man, I'm, I'm about ready to get out of my seat. The reason why people go a certain way, um, even in the vote, because it's, it's based on self-righteousness. It's based on a person saying, self-righteousness is based on you looking at the character of somebody else and say, I can't believe that character of that person. And self-righteousness doesn't uh, look at their own character. A self-righteous person always looks at the character of somebody else and belittles somebody else's character, but they never look at their own character. A righteous person is always inward motivated. They're checking out their character to make sure it's lining up with the Word of God. So a righteous person studies the Word of God and says, okay, is my character lining up with the Word of God? And if it is, then I'm righteous. But if my character isn't lining up, it's an inward thing. A righteous person, a self-righteous person is an outward thing. It's you focusing on somebody else's faults so you can make your decision on what you're going to do. Right? Well, it's not about the faults of people. It's about God's word. And God uses lots of people that have faults. That's why if, if, if he didn't, you wouldn't be in this house today. I wouldn't be up here today. King David wouldn't have made it because he committed adultery with Bathsheba and he had Uriah killed. Thank God he's a U-turn God. He's a God of the second chance. Thank God he's the gracious, merciful. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? So, so we got to be very careful that we're not walking in self-righteousness. And another attribute to self-righteousness is you're judging things based on how you feel about it instead of how the Word of God says it. Yes. Well, I feel that... Uh, gay marriage is good. I don't think see anything wrong with it. Well, then you're not going with biblical truth. Amen. And just because your feelings, you know, the heart is deceitful. Who who can trust it? In other words, your feelings are deceitful. Who can trust them? That's why you got to line your 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 whole life up with the Word of God. If you don't stand for this, you will fall for everything. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? What am I saying to you? I want you blessed. I want the overflow blessing to be on your life. And a little bit of sin and a little bit of righteousness will not cause the overflow blessings of God to be in our life. Amen. So, so what is he saying here? We're reading about the talents, the unprofitable servant or the servant that has dead faith and perverted faith. In other words, this servant said, I know you're a man. In other words, we start thinking that God thinks like us. God doesn't think like us. His ways are higher. No, God thinks the way is what his word says. Sometimes, you know, we don't like turn the other cheek. We don't like praying for our enemies. We don't like, our flesh doesn't like this, but that's what the Word of God says. Amen. Right? So we got, we got to line up with the Word of God if we're going to be biblical Christians. Then he says, the, uh, he says here, that he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown, gathering where you have not scattered seed, perverted faith, a perversion of, of how he sees God because his life is perverted. 
to a pure, all things are pure, but to those who are defiled, un unbelieving, nothing is pure, but even their minds and their conscience are defiled. So what he's saying is that when we are walking and excusing crookedness in our life, we become unpure, and then we start seeing everything else as being crooked. Oh my gosh, I'm preaching today. I know it's deep this morning. So let's continue. Look there. Therefore, uh, let's get back to um, Matthew. Look, there you have what's yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gathered where I have not scattered seed. So God, God didn't correct him. He said, This is your thought process. This is what you thought about me. You knew that I was a heart. So why didn't you... If you really believe that, he was being hypocritical in what he was saying. If you really believe that about me, why didn't you take your money and put it with the bankers and at my coming I would receive back with interest. Therefore, take the talent from the unprofitable you know, uh, servant and give it to the one with ten talents. What? God said give it to the one with ten talents. Shouldn't you give it to somebody that doesn't have anything? No, to, it, because the person that knows how to handle stuff are the successful people. The people that don't know how to handle stuff aren't as successful. And God is trying to get us into a place where we're handling stuff better. Amen. Somebody say, I'm moving in that direction. Therefore, take the talent from him, give it to the 110. For everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But him who have, does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And ca Now look at this, this is very sobering. And cast the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. See, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So what is he saying? He's saying your faith and your works go hand in hand. He's saying how we live our life, our deeds, you know, you know all that you know, uh, is, uh, is important. Jesus said, I'm coming back to reward, uh, to, uh, my reward is, is for those w w which did their works. In other words, their deeds. Amen? And so we got to make sure, you know, that it's more than just, see, it's more than just our words, it's our actions. Don't judge people on their words. Amen. Don't judge people on their tweets. Judge people on their actions, what they have done. Don't, don't judge people on what they say and then it's misconstrued, taken out of context and making them sound like a villain and making them sound like somebody. Don't take that out. No, no. What are their actions? Judge with righteous motives, Jesus said. What have they done? Yeah. It's not about what people say. It's what they do. Are you listening to what I'm saying? You can say you can give a lot of lip service. Oh, yeah. But, 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 the, but the, you know, what is your actions? People can do a lot of talking. Yes. But, but, but what have they done? What have they done? To, you know, and your actions, you speak so loud, what you say, I cannot hear. <laughs> have you ever heard that? Yeah. What you say, you know, your, 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 your actions, you speak so loud, what you say, your, your actions speak louder than your words. How we live our life speaks louder than our faith. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And so he says here, Man, I'm trying to get done with this. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Look at this. Parable of two sons. I'm closing down. It says, uh, this is Jesus. See, I'm bringing Jesus in here because James is talking the same thing Jesus is talking. I'm just bringing some, some, some parables that Jesus is talking about. And I'm, I'm, I'm marrying what James is saying to what Jesus is saying. And they're, and, and they're coming together. And, they're, and it's a good marriage. Can somebody say amen on this? So look at this. It says, the parable of two sons. But what do you think? A man has two sons. He, this is Jesus speaking. And he came to the first and said, son, go work today in my vineyard. And he answered and said, I will not. But afterward, he regretted it and went. Then he came to the second and said, likewise. And he, and he answered and said, I'll go, sir. But he, but he did not go. 
Which of the two did the will of his father? They said to him, the first. And Jesus said, Surely I say to you, the tax collectors and the harlots will enter the kingdom of God before you. Now, what was he saying? Well, he was saying here that your words are powerful. And we're going to be talking about words next week. Oh, well, John's going to be ministering the following week. And, but your words are powerful, but your actions are powerful too. And he's, and he's saying that that person, that son that said, I'm not going to do it, he had a change of heart. He knew what he needed to do what was right, so he did it. The other guy said yes and gave lip service. I will do it. Uh, in other words, people sometimes will tell you what they think you want to hear, but they don't, they're not going to do, they, they don't mean anything about it. Has anybody ever talked to anybody and said, oh yeah, oh yeah, I'm coming to church. Oh yeah, I need Jesus in my life. Oh yeah, I've got to get my life right. I'm coming out next Sunday. And, and they don't show up. Amen. Right? Well, their actions are speaking louder than what their words are saying. Right? And so he's saying here, uh, he's saying here, now the harlots, harlots and, the, and the tax collectors are making him before really the Pharisees. He, he, you know, his, his, he was dealing with, the, I'm getting out of my seat now. He was dealing with the Pharisees. And so, and so what happened was John the Baptist came on the scene and said, repent. I'm kind of a John the Baptist right now. Repent. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. That's what I'm a preacher, to call, to call us to repent. Get right with God. Why? Because Jesus is coming back. I'm trying to ring the bell. Jesus is coming back. Get ready for Jesus. Get, get the spots and the wrinkles out. Get ready for Jesus. Get it. He's coming back for a glorious church without spot or wrinkle, full of love. Get the wrinkles out. That's right. Iron your shirt when you come in. Amen. And get the wrinkles out. Get the spots out. Amen. Uh, are you listening to what I'm saying today? Get, 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 get it out. And so, and so John the Baptist came. Get Repent. Repent for the kingdom of God. And Jesus came. And then Jesus basically said, you know, uh, the prostitutes and the harlots started hearing John and said, well, God is on the scene. God is coming back. And they started repenting. What is repenting? They turned from what they were doing that was wrong to turning to doing what's right. They changed. They changed their lifestyle. Oh, pastor, you mean faith and and lifestyle go hand in hand? Yes. But what about grace? Grace is there. Give you enough time to repent. God will let you keep going and going and going until you say, oh, man, and your life is so miserable. And and some of your kids' lives are going to be so miserable, and they're going to hate their life, and uh, they're going to hate, and they're going to, I got to get God back in my life. I was backslidden many years ago. I was going to say last week, but many years ago, I was backslidden. And you know what? I was like, I need God back in my life. I was like, I was missing God. I was, I was missing the work. I was missing the fellowship. I was missing the, the love. I was, I was living life, but you know, I wasn't really living life. I was just existing and God doesn't want us just to exist. He doesn't want us just to make it day in and day out, trying to go through a struggle, and we're getting beat to heck, and, and the enemy's working against us in our finances and in our health and the enemy, and, 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 and we're, we're sort of in a little bit with God, and we're sort of out a little bit, and we're in and we're out, and we're straddling, we're in the world a little bit, and we're out, and we're back in the church and we're in and we're out and we're like this you know 
you know, pretty soon we're either in the club or we're in the church. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? Church, Jesus, Jesus, glory, glory. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? And get back in the church, man. Get, don't, 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 listen, don't turn to the right. Don't turn to the left. Keep your foot on the straight and narrow righteous path and keep walking with God because there's many influences. There's many voices out here. None without significance, which means there's voices that are compelling. They're very compelling and they're trying to bring us into a place that may be ungodly. There's voices out here always speaking always talking to us and we got to make sure that the voice of God's word is stronger and louder than the voice of the critics and the enemies and the socialists out here my vote, when I voted last week, I voted for freedom. I, I voted for liberty. I voted, I don't want, I don't want a socialistic government. I don't want the government telling me how to run my church. I don't want the government shutting my church down. I voted for freedom. Not for a party, not for a personality, but for freedom. And if, if you're standing on the other side, notice the right. The goats were on the left and the, and the sheep were on the right. And if you're standing on the left, you might get left. Because God's done with this lukewarmness. He's done with his feelings. He's done with it. We need to start standing for what's right or we'll fall for a communist regime. It's coming down to a one world government. The enemy's trying to shut down the church and he's trying to do it through socialism. He's trying to do it through all these things. He wants big government. No, I don't want big government. Amen. Government needs to stay out of my life. Well, you've got to have the government to help you. You've got to have the government. No, you need God to help you. Amen. Don't put your faith and trust in the government. Put your faith and trust in God. Yes. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? Yes. Don't put your faith and trust in a politician. Put your faith and trust in God. But put your faith and trust in somebody standing for righteousness. Amen. Abortion is wrong. Yes. We don't stand with abortion. Amen. It's wrong. Nine months, nine killing a baby at night, and you're standing with a party that stands with that, you will be judged for that. And the reason why I'm preaching like this today is because if I don't warn you, then, then your blood is on my hands. And so I gotta warn the church. I gotta warn people that are doing the wrong things out of emotion, out of feeling. Some people vote uh, uh, for uh, a candidate that because they hate one the other candidate. It's not even for righteous motives. Jesus. 
You got people saying they're Christians. And they're stating it. And they might be, but they're deceived. They might be blood-bought, but they're deceived. And you better wake up. And you're wondering why your life is not that great. And you're wondering why you're, you're, you're dealing with all kinds of issues. Because you've got to get the, you the chaff out. You've got to get the spots out. You've got you to line up with the Word of God. Listen, I'm raising up a church without spot or wrinkle. I'm telling you, maybe I may have four people here next week. I don't care. Amen. But us, me, us four, we're going up. Amen. We're going to stand for righteousness. We're going to stand for God. Yes. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And there's too many wimps in the pulpit. Amen. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? Oh, I don't like that, that person. Just the way they act. I want somebody more presidential. <laughs> Oh, you hear what I'm saying today? Amen. I'm sorry, man. I, I'm, I'm voting for freedom. Amen. Because our freedoms are at stake. Yes. Our freedoms are at stake. You, 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 you. The church freedoms are at stake. Getting people saved. It's all about the kingdom of God. It's all about the church. It's about light versus darkness. Righteousness versus lawlessness. That's what it's about. And you better be standing on the righteous side. Amen. Amen. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? Some of us might need to repent. Get our lives right. And if you're listening, if you haven't turned me off, I'm, I'm talking to you too. Amen. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? Glory to God. I know I got on my soapbox today. But listen, I care about you. I, 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 don't, I read in the scriptures that if I am a watchman and I don't warn people that's going the wrong way, then their blood is on my hands. So I, it's not on my hands anymore. It's not on my hands. Uh, it's off my hands. It's on you now. Now, you, you can take what you want with it and you can, you can cast it away or you can receive it and move forward. Amen. But I'm, hey, listen, I'm going to make sure on Judgment Day, Jesus didn't say, well, why didn't you preach the truth? These people went the wrong way. They didn't make it in the rapture. You know, they ended up taking the mark of the beast because they thought that, that grace would cover that too. You know, no, it doesn't cover the mark of the beast. Amen. The grace doesn't cover the mark of the beast. Amen. You say, no way I can lose my salvation. Have you heard about the mark of the beast? Oh, yeah, that way. Okay, yeah, yeah, that might be one way. Have you heard about uh, uh, having anger towards your brother or sister and keeping that so long where it turns into hate? And then the Bible says that if you don't forgive your brother, God doesn't forgive you. Have you heard about that one too? Oh, yeah, I heard about that, but that doesn't mean anything about losing your salvation. Well, you better check again. You better, you gotta make sure you're walking in love. Amen. You better be praying for your enemies. Amen. You better make sure you got love in your heart. Because, 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 because if we have hate in our heart, we have darkness in our heart. Amen. And we better get that darkness out. And how great is that darkness? Oh. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? I don't, I don't hate the left. I don't hate these people. They're deceived. I pray for them. I pray for our mayor. I pray for our governor. I pray for our city. And this city is changing. I'm telling you, this city is going red with the blood of Jesus. This state is going red with the blood of Jesus. This nation, I'm telling you, God, I'm telling you, righteousness is coming back to this nation. Do you believe that today? I approve this message. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Man, let's repost this as much as we can. Amen. Well, I want to thank you. I, I, I closed it down. So praise the Lord. So, so get these points. Understand what living faith is. Living faith is helping somebody, a brother and sister in need. Uh, li- living faith is obeying God even if it costs us something. Glory to God. Uh, 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 living faith is, is, is um, doing what the Bible tells us to do regardless of what people say. 
Glory to God. And as we start stepping out and we start marrying our faith with our works and we understand that they work both together because we will be judged even at the judgment seat of Christ. There is a judgment seat for all Christians and we're going to be judged in how we conducted ourselves down here on this earth. We will be judged with, with either getting rewards or getting, some, or getting no rewards and some of us may just barely make it in with, with our clothes on fire. And I don't want to be that way. The Bible says that. Some Christians will barely escape. But we, we want to come in to the kingdom of God, not barely escaping, but we want to come in as triumphant people coming in because we stood for righteousness. We stood for what was right, regardless of what public opinion says. And you know what? When we do that, we, are in, we will enter into the kingdom of God glorious, and we will hear, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Did you receive it this morning? Did you receive it today? Let's bow our heads. Father, I just thank you that you're so good. And I thank you, Father God, and I praise you with all my heart. And, Father, I just pray that, that people's eyes would be open to truth, Father God, that, that, that you love people and that you want people to be blessed and you want us to be blessed in a free society, Father God, and that you want our freedoms in the church to be free so that we can uh, preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, Father, I thank you for the precious people that are here this morning, those watching online, and maybe it's time for you to make a U-turn. Maybe it's time for you to say, okay, I'm done playing with the world. I'm done with, with uh, having my foot, one, one in, foot in the world and one foot in the church. I'm ready to go all out for God. So if that's you today, maybe you're here in the audience and saying, that's it. I'm letting go uh, of the sin in my life. I'm letting go of it. Just pray this prayer. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus was raised from the dead. For my justification. Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And today, I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. Father God, I'm turning my back on sin, selfishness, and Satan. And I'm turning fully to you. And I thank you. Give me the grace to walk it out. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.